Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. I asked and you answered. I put up on my social media last week a post basically asking what types of podcast episodes are you guys wanting? And there was lots of really wonderful suggestions and I'm going to be getting to more of them um, over the next few months. But I decided to end this year of 2022 with a series, another series I thought that was kind of fun that we did with clinical lesions. But this series is on spiels. Spiels. What spiels do I give? What conversations do I have with owners? So this is just going to be a kickoff introduction into client communication in general. And I've done some episodes on client communication in the past, but it is just so extremely important. There's different ways we need to discuss things with owners. And of course, every owner is quite different. You know, when people say, oh, I got into veterinary medicine because I love animals, not so much people. I mean, we have to love people in order to be in the clinical field because they are the caretakers. They are the decision makers for those animals. And we spent all day talking to people. And I feel fortunate enough that I love people and animals. So it's a great industry for me. But some things I've learned over the years, especially being in a specialty that requires frequent communication because we're dealing with chronic, long-term, lifelong diseases in most of these pets, is, you know, what works for me and what doesn't work. And we all have different communication skills. We're also seeing that communication's changing. Think about the clientele that's coming in, especially a lot of our younger clienteles, you know, our Gen Z, even our young millennials. That's a lot of our pet owners nowadays. And they really mean not only is animals a part of our families, for most of us, pets part of our family, but for a lot of these younger um, generations, they're really educated. They really want to be in-depth involved and knowing what's going on and not just listening to instructions that they're given. Um, And I love that. I love really taking the time to explain things to owners so they do understand what we're doing, why we're doing it, so that they can be an advocate for their pet at home because I'm not at home with that pet. I only see that pet, you know, every time they see me for, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes, whatever that exam is. I'm not at home seeing them all day, every day. So if something's not going right, I want them to let me know about it. So this is going to be a kickoff in our series on spiels. And then essentially, the next few weeks, what we'll do is we are going to, each week, I'm going to focus in on kind of my explanation on some of the more common things we're dealing with. So, you know, starting flea prevention, how to do a diet trial, how to have the conversation about food, even if it's emotional or you feel like it's an owner who's not going to be listening, you know, what are our expectations for managing something like environmental allergies. So that's what we're going to break down the next few weeks. Um, And this is the kickoff to that. So when we talk about client communication, you know, of course, we know that the clinics are super busy. Um, The last few years have really just overloaded the clinics as far as appointments and how busy all of us are. So, you know, I obviously put aside more time as someone who deals with more chronic diseases. Uh, I usually set aside about 30 minutes for rechecks, an hour for news. 
I know that's not going to be the availability for everybody's, but I just think it's important for you guys to understand when I have these in-depth conversations with owners and it can get really confusing with owners and I use a whiteboard and explain things the best I can. I often have people that sit there and take pictures of my whiteboard after um, I explain things to them because I really want to categorize things for them, but sometimes they have to take a step back because every owner is different. And so even if you have a particular spiel, quote unquote, or discussion or conversation kind of rehearsed about certain dermatologic diseases, make sure you look at every owner as an individual and how to really talk with them. I've, I've literally had own, an owner say, I don't really need you to explain anything to me. I just need you to kind of write down what you want me to do. I'm going to do it because it was almost too much for them to truly understand it. And that's not going to be most owners. But again, you have to read body language. You have to read, um, you know, kind of what's been done in the past, how involved they've wanted to be, or you just ask, like, is, is this making, are you understanding this? Um, do you, how do you kind of learn best when we're talking about a certain situation with your pet? Because again, people want to be understood and everyone has a different expectation of really what they want from that exam. But knowing that we're all really busy, what can be super uh, helpful, especially in a clinical setting where you're doing a lot more things besides dermatology, like general practice, is having a derm history form. Having a history form they fill out ahead of time online or get to your clinic a few minutes early to fill out can be super helpful because you can look at things like distribution of lesions, how long it's been going on, what medications have they been on, what diet are they currently feeding. So you can skim that really quickly before you go into the exam room and you're able to more fine tune the questions that you need to ask in order to build that appropriate differential list or know the next steps of what we're going to do diagnostically. So using something like a dermatologic history form can be really, really helpful as far as saving time and having that conversation with the owner be more pointed. Also getting previous records. If they, you know, as a referral hospital, we are always asking for the primary veterinary's records. And I know that some of these cases may have never seen a vet before, so you can't always get that. But if they have seen other vets, they've moved, or they're just seeking another opinion, request the previous records before their appointment just to even skim over real quick and see what medications have they tried, what kind of conversations has the owner had, um, what is the history that's available there that could save you some time when you're actually in the exam room as far as questions you're going to ask the owner. Another thing that can be really helpful as we start talking about client communications and dermatology is just asking owners to bring in you know, the medications they have at home or the topicals they have at home. I find owners are much more open to change things like an ear flush or a shampoo if I see what they have at home, if I can explain why I want to change something. For owners, they think it can be really frustrating and rightfully so if every time they see a vet, a different topical is just going home and they don't understand why. If I can use something they have at home, I'm happy to tell them that, hey, let me see what you have. Let's see if we can use one of these products you already have. If not, let me explain to you why I think we need to change this chlorhexidine shampoo or you know epidermal barrier ingredient uh, topical. And most of the time, because owners see I have a reason, they're much more open to that versus feeling like they're just developing a pharmacy at home because the veterinarian just wants to quote unquote sell stuff. It doesn't work for every single patient, 
but a lot of uh, clients are really, really receptive to that if I take the time to see what they have so they can see that I am trying to use what they have at home. I even say things like, yeah, I get it. Allergies are really expensive. You know, luckily I've had two of my own allergic dogs, so I can kind of commiserate with owners about that. But just putting it out there, I get it. It's frustrating. It's something we can't cure. You know, I recently had an owner in tears in my office because she felt like her dog was not her dog. Just they were so infected and inflamed and they felt like a bad owner. I said, you're, you're not a bad owner. This is a lifelong chronic disease. You're here. We're going to do what we need to do to make your pet better. This is a frustrating disease. You know, it's usually not a deadly disease, but it's a very frustrating chronic disease. And we have to recognize that. And we have to empower people to know that it is okay to be frustrated. So it's okay if they're frustrated that they have a whole slew of medications at home. Let's see what meds they do have. Let's go through because sometimes people don't know the names of medications. They just say the white pill. So, you know, that owner had her meds with her. So I said, okay, this pill, Apoquil, great. Did that work? Did it not work? You know, was it easy to give at home? Was it not easy to give at home? These are really quick questions we can ask when we know exactly what medications and what topicals they have so we can have that dialogue. Another thing I've talked about uh, before about client communication, but I think this is so important, especially as we break into these next few weeks of diving into these different spiels. And that is make sure you are being proactive and not reactive. That sounds, yeah, of course we should do that. It is super simple when you are stressed and you're busy and you've had a long day in the clinic to become reactive. And I am, I can be guilty as charged, believe me. But it's important for us to really strive to be proactive. And what do I mean by that? Being proactive, not reactive, or being offensive, not defensive. You know, so when we talk about some of these hard conversations, like when, you know, the next few weeks, flea and food are always the things that depending on some owners, that can be a tough conversation to have. And it can be one that we're not looking forward to having in certain situations. Instead of thinking, oh, well, you know, you're not going to start fleet control. How can you be so uh, silly to not start fleet control? Even though we're not going to say this to an owner, we're thinking it. Like, oh, I can't believe they're just not starting fleet control. They're not going to listen to me. I can't believe they're not doing this. You know, for me, I may initially be like, oh, I wish they were in fleet control. But then I say, you know what? I'm not going to back down from having this conversation if I really, really think that it's important. So I'll, you know, get through my history and I'll ask, like, you know, is your pet on ectoparasite prevention or flea prevention? Or I see you wrote down they're not on ectoparasite or flea prevention. Have they been? And then usually, you know, we'll jump into, well, they're indoor or they don't really go outside or I never see fleas. And then we can kind of bridge in that conversation. But we want to make sure we're kind of proactively asking the question, not just ignoring it, not just being, well, of course they have to be on flea control, or of course you need to switch to this diet. Switching to that over-the-counter diet didn't help us with food allergy. Just being proactive. Yeah, I get it. it. It can be frustrating. We're treating what we can't see. I tell owners most of my flea allergy cases, I don't actively see fleas on them because it's not really an infestation. And we're going to talk about more that more in the next couple of weeks. But proactively, instead of being defensive, like, oh, well, they just have to be on it, you know, proactively being like, yeah, I get it. We're kind of treating something we're not seeing. But here's the reasons why I think it's really important. And then I just find that even if, you know, occasionally still have owners that don't listen or they won't do it, but it makes that conversation less awkward. And at least I've kind of, through my medical knowledge, you know, made my case as an advocate for that animal of something I think that's really helpful. So proactive, not reactive. We're on the offensive, not the defensive. 
Um, next kind of overall thought with client communication. Make sure the client always knows in the end what we're going to do is their decision. It's their decision. You know, we can make all the recommendations. Doesn't mean that they'll take them. At the end, it is their decision. They're they are the caregiver for this pet financially, emotionally. You know, it is their decision. So that's another thing. When I have these difficult conversations about flea prevention, food, long-term treatment of things like allergies, I'm going to give you the things that you know I'm trained on. I'm going to give you the medical knowledge that you know I feel like is helpful in managing these cases. But I just want you to know in the end, this is always going to be your decision. And why is that important? It gives owners an out. It makes them more open to listen because I have, again, empowered them. I'm going to give you the info, but I can't make them do anything. And that, in the end, allows them to be more open to listening because they know that I'm going to allow them to be the decision maker. And they ultimately are the decision maker. But I have just said, hey, we're going to do what you feel comfortable with. Here's the information that I have that I think would be beneficial for your pet. But in the end, it's your decision. And that just, again, opens a lot of doors. Um, Last couple of thoughts on overall client communication estimates. So depending on, you know, that owner, uh, provide estimates. You know, I'll say, yes, I'd like to start this medication apical. Let me calculate out what that's going to cost for a month for your pet. And, you know, I, I, myself, the technician assistant, someone will come in and go over that with you to make sure that kind of fits what we, what we expect or what is realistic for you. Again, we, everyone has different, uh, financial capabilities, different emotional capabilities, different time constraints. So very similar to, I'm going to ask an owner, can you bathe this pet once or twice a week? Is that something that will fit into your lifestyle, knowing I have to be realistic for them? Again, the best plan is one that is actually going to happen. Same with costs. So this is a conversation I have with uh, owners about allergy testing. I love allergy testing. I like to allergy test every atopic pet I see. But if owners are very strapped for cash and it's either allergy testing or being able to afford a good symptomatic treatment like apical or cytopoint, I'm going to have them start with a symptomatic treatment and we'll work our way into the other things if we can. Because we know immunotherapy is fabulous, but it takes several months up to a year just to see if it even works or not. And a lot of these cases still need other therapies. Well, if that's such a financial limitation, I want to make sure I can select something that's going to help this pet now that's tolerated well, that's going to provide a good quality of life. And so that's where we have to make sure, you know, we're working with different budgets that we're really thinking of that. And the last thing I'll kind of say about overall client communication feeds into that as well. Dermatology is not cookie cutter. And there's really no cookie cutter medicine out there, right? Because every patient's different, every owner's different, every situation's different. Heck, our world's been different in the last few years and has really changed what we have had to do for, you know, practicing medicine. There, if I could see 10 Labrador retrievers that are all atopic, they probably have 10 different plans because it depends. Is one infected? Well, if it is, can they bathe more frequently? Or recently I had a pet that every time the owner tried to put a moose on their belly, the pet tried to bite them. Well, then that's not realistic to do topical therapy at this point. You know, maybe one owner can do everything financially. They have insurance. They can allergy test. They can start Apoquil. They can treat the infection as we need to. Um, they can do it all. And maybe someone else can afford cytology and that's it. And maybe we need to do a month or two of 
prednisone just keep that pet comfortable while we save up to switch to something like Apical or whatever the case may be. So there's no cookie cutter medicine. You know, we even have clients who come in and really can just afford the exam fee so we can start the process of having the discussion of what allergies are or what we think is going on with their pet. And I've had people who had to come back for the cytology just in order to make it financially feasible for them. So I think when you, you know, start thinking, what can I do to save myself time? Derm history form, looking at the records, having things like handouts. If you can't go through a whole allergy spiel saying, I think your pet has environmental allergies, here's a great handout. I'm going to email you so you can read over all this information. When I think about going to my own doctor, right, that's often what happens. We have a conversation that answers my questions, but I usually get so set home with more in-depth information. Um, what are the things that can take down that barrier when we're talking to owners? Being on the offense, not the defense. Letting the client know it's their decision. So let's have a discussion about it and then let's put together a plan that works for you. Providing estimates to make sure that, you know, whatever plan we're putting together is feasible. Um, setting up that long-term expectation. They're going to probably still have infections. Even well-managed allergy dogs have infections. Here's what we're looking for. You know, I want you to let me know if that happens so we can get ahead of it. Setting that expectation so they're not surprised. And then remember that dermatology, there's so many layers we're dealing with with allergies, right? Infections, epidermal barrier, diet, preventions, uh, allergy testing, symptomatic control. There's so many things that we're dealing with. We have to make sure that we understand it's not cookie cutter. We have a lot of different avenues we can take with these cases to provide a good quality of life. And that's what can make dermatology fun, right? There's only so many things we have or so many diagnostic tests out there, but when you can really take the time to improve the quality of life for that owner and that, that pet, ultimately, by having these discussions, by working with them, you know, not just for them or against them, it really makes it a you know, satisfactory specialty. And these are the conversations I have all day, every day. And I think this will be a really wonderful series to kick off. Um, so hopefully this lays the foundation of things to come. In the next few weeks, we'll end this year just going over some of the basic spiels I have with these owners to give you more confidence in practicing dermatology.